Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. When we give more honor and respect to the thing than the Lord, isn't that sin? My God, really, Lord, you really got to help us with that, right? You really got to help us with that. Because when we start worrying, when we start being uh, fearful, when we start complaining, aren't we giving more honor to the thing instead of God? We're saying, Lord, I understand what you're saying. You're all powerful and all, but my bank statement, Lord, I understand what you're saying and you're all powerful, but this is what the doctor said. And I'm going to honor more what he said than what you said. Isn't that what we're saying when we do that? Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bible study adventure right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. We're going to have another wonderful time tonight, and I am so grateful that you decided to join me once again. As we've said before, we've got a good thing going, and I really appreciate you for your faithful listening and your faithful viewing. Thank you guys so much. I can't say it enough every week. Thank you for your wonderful comments and your prayer requests. And thank you for giving into the ministry. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's because of partners like you uh, that help make this a reality every single week. And I am grateful for you. You know, I one day I know I'll actually meet you. I'll actually shake your hand or at least give you a, a you know, an elbow or fist bump or what have you. I would I would love to do that. I would love to do that and thank you in person. But until then, you can go to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the contact button and uh, just shoot us another email or another word of encouragement and let us know about your prayer request. I want to pray with you. You don't know how much I want to pray with you. And I really do. I really enjoy praying talking to the Father, and I would love to lift up your name before him. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, just drop me a line at kingdomrock.org. Click on the contact button and send in your prayer requests. And if you have the opportunity, go ahead and sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. It's going to bless you. And uh, I think I'll be sending out another one real soon. So be ready for that, okay? All right, well, I'm ready to get into the Word of God today. And today, ooh, this is part number eight. And this is definitely a very special part of Psalm 23. We've been in that series, Psalm 23, for the last few weeks, maybe last month or so. And I've been enjoying it, and I hope that you have been too. So again, today is a very special one because we've got to go into uh, verse number four, which is um, somewhat difficult Uh, So just stick with me and we're going to make it through this together. Okay. I believe that the Lord has a word in store for you and you're going to be so glad that you made it today. Let's go ahead and read all of Psalm 23. Psalm 23 has six glorious verses. Let's read them. It goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Verse 5, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, last time we were together, we were actually in verse number three, and we talked about uh, those paths of righteousness. Remember that fancy word we used on last week? It was uh, circumvallation. You know, it talks about encircling trenches that encircle uh, an enemy. And remember, God has plans for you. He has things prepared for you in this earth. But that old devil wants to keep some things from you. But Jesus said, go ahead and circle it. Go ahead and circle that thing in prayer. Uh, he's giving you um, the entrenchments around that, and you're going to circle around it, and you're going to cover this thing in prayer, and it's going to fall. And a great example of that that we gave last time was the children of Israel there in Jericho. God said, hey, that city is the first thing that's going to fall in this land, this land that I have given you. So go ahead and encircle that. Go ahead and circle it. Encircle it in prayer. Of course, they encircled it physically, marching around that wall. But we today are circling some things in prayer and just covering it in prayer and seeking the face of God forward. And we're going to see those walls fall down flat as well. So we talked about uh, those paths of righteousness and or the circumvallations or the tracks of righteousness on last time. So today we're going to go right back into verse number four and talking about that valley of the shadow of death. Let me read it one more time. Verse four says again, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So we're going to go through this entire verse. Now, what we see here is a complete change and transition here in Psalm 23. Before then, you know, we've been laying out and stretching out on green pastures. He's, he's led us beside the still waters, right? Even in verse number one, <clears throat> excuse me, we can start there. Verse number one, he tells us, hey, I'm your shepherd and you're not going to want. I'm going to take care of you. He gives us that, that assurance. As we go on down, he begins to talk about verse three, restoring our soul and leading us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, for his glory, and now the whole pattern changes, doesn't it? Now we're going to have to walk through something. So let's go through this. It says, yea, yes, though I walk, though I walk through the valley. All right, let's stop there. Walking talks about a, a forward steady motion, a steady forward motion walking. He doesn't say we're going to run through this valley. Thank God we're not going to crawl through this valley. We're not going to leap for joy through it. We're going to walk through this valley. We're going to have to take our time through this one. Now we understand that the Lord is our shepherd and the shepherd always leads us in the way that we should go. He's always going before us. So we have this assurance that even though we're going through this valley, he is going to be with us. It says it here also in verse number four, the shepherd leads us. Now, so again, walking talks about a slow, steady motion, always moving forward. Now, 
as we look at this as well, it says, I'm going to walk through. We're going to walk through this valley. Now, to walk through something means that it has to have a beginning. This thing has to have a beginning, and it has to have an end. If there is a way to get in it, there is a way to get out of it. Now, verse 4, we're really going to use this as an encouraging verse. Now, I know that a lot of times verse 4 is used at funerals quite a bit. But I'm telling you that there is still a lot of encouragement that's here in verse 4. So hang with me. So the first bit of encouragement that I want to give you, even though you may be going through a terrible time, and we're going to see this further on down, that the valley of the shadow of death can be talking about an extremely dangerous time or extremely stressful time. Have you been there before? Extremely stressed, extremely worried. It's an extreme time. But the word through, thank God for the word through. The word through means that we're not stopping in here. We're not going to make a house in here. We're not going to build a life in here. This thing had, a, this thing had a, an opening for the beginning, and it's going to have a closing for the out. We're going to go straight through. We're going to walk through. We're going to have this forward motion on through it. Now, as we see here, and I'm going to be going back and forth as we go, oh, as we go through here. The valley of the shadow of death, one interpretation of uh, shadow of death means darkness, right? A deep darkness. So as we go through this deep darkness, you're going to discover that you don't see the shepherd anymore. Now, that's one thing that terrifies the sheep. Where is my shepherd? I don't see him. I don't see him. So Going through this period of deep darkness, you're not going to see him, but you will still be able to hear his voice. Remember, the shepherd leads you by his voice. So how are we going to get out of this thing? How are we going to get out of this stressful situation, this anxiety, this pain, this extreme worry, this extreme frustration? We're going to have to hear our shepherd's voice. And Jesus says, come, come this way. Come this way, a little bit further, come this way. You may not be able to see me now, but come this way, come this way. He will lead you by his spirit. He will lead you by that inner witness. He will lead you by his voice, lead you by his word. Come, come daughter, come son, come, come move forward, move forward. There are some things that happen in this valley that uh, can terrify us, that can really literally petrify us in it. And it freezes some people there. It freezes some. It really does. Darkness can freeze people, just like fear can cause us to be paralyzed, can petrify us, and we can't move. So I'm not saying that it's not a dangerous thing because it is, but I'm saying that with Jesus, you can walk through it, listening for his voice. So Let's stop here for a moment. If you're in a place in your life where you feel that you are petrified, you feel that your life has come to an end, that you can't go any further, and that you're living in a shadow, in a living in deep darkness at this moment, and you say, verse 4, that's me. I'm in this valley of the shadow of death. Let me give you this encouragement. You may be in it, but God's got a way for you to come out of it. You're going to walk through it. And even if you've been there for a moment, I believe that God will revive your sense of hearing. 
your sense of hearing. Remember Jesus said in, in John the 10th chapter that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. A stranger's voice, they will flee for they know not the voice of strangers. Because you are a born-again believer, and if you're, not, if you're not tonight, you can be, or this morning, whenever you're watching or listening, you can be. All you got to do is ask Jesus in your heart, hallelujah, believe in him, glory to God. That's what he expects, praise God, and you can walk out of this situation that you are in. If you are a believer, you know, you know the Lord, well, then I'm telling you of a surety. If there is a way to get in it, there is a way to get out of it. Your father is faithful. There is a way out of this thing. You don't have to be paralyzed in the midst of it. Oh, there's so much I want. There's so much I need to tell you tonight. So just be praying with me because this verse four is so incredibly rich. So again, it says, yea, though I walk through, we're walking steady movement forward. We got to move forward. Got to move forward. Yea, though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death. Let's talk about this valley. As a matter of fact, I think we're going to change up the scene a bit. We're going to keep our desk, but let's um, transform the studio and go into a valley. I want to show you this. How about that? Okay. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do this. Now. One thing I want you to notice about a valley, valley, and I'm sure you already know this, but for those of us who do not know, a valley can be seen as a lower bit of land that has mountains or hills on either side of it, right? So between these mountains or hills on the left and right, we're going to have to, we're, we're going to walk through it. We're going to walk through it. The shepherd is moving his sheep through this valley to the other side. Now, why is the shepherd doing this? Because there's something for us on the other side. There are greener pastures, more opportunities for you on the other side. We've just got to go through this thing. We've got to go through it. Now, I'm sure there are a myriad of other reasons, but as far as um, the Bible shepherds and even shepherds today in Middle East and, and even here in the United States, they leave their sheep from pasture to pasture. And once the sheep have eaten up this pasture, they must find greener grass for the sheep. The shepherd must find greener grass, uh, a, nut a nutritious set of grass or pasture for them. So, and if that grass is on the other side of this valley, well, then we've got to go there. We've got to go there because he loves you and he wants to provide for you. He said in verse one, he's your shepherd and you shall not want. So he's going to take you through to the other side with care. All right. So what do we have here? The Lord leads us through this valley. All right, and you have these walls here, these mountainous walls, and in the middle, we're going to go through. One thing I want you to notice here, it says this valley. Now, the word valley is, can also be interpreted as gorge, gorge. Now, as we go through this valley, as we go through this, go through these mountainous, this mountainous range, you're going to find that some places in it, it's going to be very tight, going to be very tight. And, uh, and at the end of it, of course, you can see Albert there waving his hands. Hey, Albert, <laughs> he's telling us to come on through. All right, but that's another story altogether. 
Now, we've got to walk through it. We've got to go through this thing. We won't be able to climb up these walls. Now, unless you're like Pierce over here who has, yeah, who has tried his best to climb up to the very top. Well, I'm not Spider-Man, and I don't, I don't believe the Lord will give us, uh, is giving us shortcuts to, to climb up like Pierce over here. Praise God. I want to keep my feet down here, down here on the earth. Jesus has given us the ability to walk through it. Say that with me. I have the ability through Christ to walk through this valley. All right. So now as we walk through this valley, again, hills, uh, mountains or hills on, it, on every side, it says the valley of the shadow of death. Now, shadows do not occur in deep darkness. It does not occur in um, at nighttime. It only occurs when light is present. Shadows occur when light is present. So as we go through this valley or through this gorge, it's going to be dark in here, a deep darkness in here. But actually what's happening is that the light, the light is shining and it's hitting one side of the mountain, right? And on the other side, you have the shadow of that mountain, right? So the light is shining, but it's hitting the mountain. For some reason, the Father is not allowing the light to penetrate the mountain uh, so that you can see on the other side of it. It is the mountain's shadow that is causing the darkness in the middle of this. It's the mountain's shadow. So what I want you to know is that this whole valley is covered in light. It's covered in light. So there's light all around the valley, which means that there is light all around you. It's just dark where you are at the moment. So let that be an encouragement as well. Light uh, and darkness can abide in the same place. And for some reason, the father has said, I'm going to allow my light to be blocked just for a moment. As you walk through here, you won't see anything but I want you to know that I'm all around you. And actually, you still have the upper hand. Now, this makes me think of, uh, I believe, Elijah and what happened with him with his servant. Remember when they were in the city of Dothan and an enemy king came to take Elijah away because Elijah kept prophesying uh, to Israel where this king was going to be and this king was trying to set up ambushes against the people of God, but, he, but Elijah told the king, hey, don't go over there. Don't go over there because they're gonna, they're gonna, the enemy is going to be over there and he's going to attack you. Well, the king found out that it was Elijah that was telling all of his secrets. He asked his captains, you know, who's, who is an enemy here? Who's a spy in here? Who's doing this? Who's telling the enemy? Who's telling the people of God where I'm going to be and what I'm going to do? Well, they said, well, there's nobody here, King, it's Elijah. He's telling the Lord, even what you speak about in your bedroom, I'm telling you, that man can hear from God. So the king sent his army in there to, uh, to arrest Elijah, to take him captive. So when Elijah got up the next morning with his servant, his servant goes out and, and sees this army that has encamped the whole city. They have surrounded him, this massive army. 
and he is freaking out. And he goes and tells Elijah, oh, my master, what we going to do? What we going to do? What we going to do? Elijah comes out, looks and says, hey, mm, don't worry about it. He said, what do you mean, man? What, what, what do you mean? He says, listen, there are more with us than there are against us. And then he said, Lord, would you open up his eyes for me? I'm paraphrasing. Would you open up his eyes? And the Lord opened the eyes of the servant and the servant saw that there were chariots of fire, mighty angels of God surrounding, surrounding the enemy's army. Isn't that powerful? So going back to Psalm 23, even though it's dark where you are and it looks like the enemy has the upper hand, let me tell you, God has a much higher hand in the midst of it. So it's, it's dark in the valley and it's scary in the valley, but I'm telling you, the light is still surrounding you. As a matter of fact, if we were to look up, look up, yeah, just like that, we're right here in this in this small space, and you can see the clouds. You can see the sky. You can see the light. It's just dark where you are at the moment. The light is still shining. I promise you, the light is still shining. And you're going to get to the other side of this, and you're going to be able to look back and see the hand of God with you at all times. Amen? So he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he said, I will fear no evil. Understand that. I will fear. Now, the word fear there means to reverence. It means to honor. It means to revere. Now, why is he saying that? Because in darkness, we're afraid of darkness. We're afraid of darkness, right? Um, darkness can also be interpreted as um, not knowing, misunderstandings. You don't know what to do. When you're in darkness, not only... Is there a physical darkness again? There's mental and emotional. When you're just at your wit's end and, and you have no idea what to do and, and what's going to happen next. That's darkness. He says, as I'm going through this, I will fear no evil. I will respect, I will respect, I will honor, I will not honor the fear that comes up. Fear dwells in the darkness, and fear has a habit of attaching itself to us while we're dwelling in darkness. And so the writer says here, I'm not going to fear it. I'm not going to honor this. I'm not going to respect this. I see all of this information around me that I should be afraid. The doctor's report, the lawyer's report, uh, the financial report. My goodness, the news, all these things around me. And it seems like people are dying all around me. I will not fear. I will not reverence this. I will not give this respect. I will not give this honor. Why? Because you're with me. You're with me. Now, because the Lord is with you, now that, that phrase, I will fear no evil for thou art with me, that talks about relationship, doesn't it? You know, because people can be all around you. It doesn't mean if they're not the right people, they're not going to bring you any type of comfort. So this, I'm not going to fear evil for thou art with me or because you're with me, that implies that you have spent time with the Lord and you, and you have been able to glean from his presence and you probably weathered some storms with him and you know what he's capable of. He said, I'm not going to fear it. I'm not going to give honor and respect to this. And really, truthfully, when we give more honor and respect to the thing 
than the Lord. Isn't that sin? My God, really, Lord, you really got to help us with that, right? You really got to help us with that. Because when we start worrying, when we start being uh, fearful, when we start complaining, aren't we giving more honor to the thing instead of God? We're saying, Lord, I understand what you're saying. You're all powerful and all, but my bank statement, Lord, I understand what you're saying and you're all powerful, but this is what the doctor said. And I'm going to honor more what he said than what you said. Isn't that what we're saying when we do that? When we choose to place our honor and respect on the problem and not on him, aren't we saying that it is more powerful than father? So let's take a moment right now and repent and let's pray right now because we've been in that spot. We've been consumed by worry. Hey, isn't that right? We've been consumed by fear. We've been consumed by people talking about us. And that's also a measure of darkness when people cursing at you and talking about you and, and all these bad things. We've been consumed. It's been all around us. But right now, let's go ahead and repent and get back in right focus with Father, and then we'll go on. You ready to pray with me? All right. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, and we repent. We admit that we have been fearful, that we have been, uh, we have been full of worry. We admit that we have allowed the situation to take too much of our time and too much of our thought. We've not looked at you as we should. And we ask you, Father, to change our hearts. We ask you, Father, to restore us. Give us the mind of Christ. And Lord, we declare your word that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. So, Father, I pray for my friend and I, and I ask, Father, that you would help us, that you would restore our souls into right standing and right relationship with you, right fellowship, rather, with you. So we repent for all the worry. We ask you to give us the strength no longer to go over that place, but to keep our eyes focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, in the presence of worry, worry and fear simply says, I'm no longer looking at God. I'm no longer looking at him. That's what it says when we're consumed with worry, consumed with fear. It says, I'm not looking at Father. Because how in the world can we look at the light and still be consumed with darkness? Can't be. We, our eyes, our attention have to be focused on him once again. Amen? All right, let's go ahead and try to wrap this verse up. So he says again, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? One, because of relationship, we understand that. You, because thou art with me. And then it says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, we know that a shepherd, again, has these two instruments, or these two tools. One, the rod. The rod, or some translations call it a club. You know, well, well not a dance club, you know, praise the Lord, but a club like, like a bat. A shepherd, that would be a crazy thing for a shepherd to carry a dance club. That's crazy. That's crazy. Who said that? Oh! Anyway, no. Uh, a club. Club like in, yeah, a bat. So a shepherd carries this rod to defend, uh, to defend the sheep should uh, any type of wolf or 
lion, tiger, bear uh, come by, then the shepherd can take that rod and really strike that other animal, strike the thing that's coming to attack his sheep. So going through this, the Lord said, I've got a rod. Anything attacks you, anything is coming to bring you harm, I'll attack it. Now, we may not be able to see the danger in the darkness, in the deep darkness, in the shadow, but your shepherd can. He's very well aware of it. And so while we're listening for his voice and going through this, the psalmist says here, I'm not going to fear the danger. I'm not going to fear these glowing eyes that's all around me or the, or the howls or these, uh, these other sounds of other things coming to devour me. I'm not going to pay that any respect because I know you've got the rod. And I know you know how to handle uh, these things and how to defend me. Now, the, secondly, the Lord says, uh, he says, my, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Well, a staff is used to, in two ways, really, two, well, we can say three or four, but let me just give you two. The staff is used to gently correct the sheep, nudge the sheep back in line if they go astray or try to leave the, uh, leave the trail, right? It, it, it's him. The Lord takes that staff and nudges along. Or if a sheep, if the sheep, uh, begins to, if it falls down some type of embankment and the shepherd can't reach it with his hand, at the edge or the tip of the shepherd's staff, it's a crook. You know, it's, it's a little hook there. And the shepherd is able to reach down and hook that sheep and pull him up to safety. So the staff tells you that if, we, if when we're going through this dark place, uh, if we begin to stray a bit and begin to step over into something, get into something that we should not have, the Lord said, I have the ability to bring you back. I have the ability to restore you back on this path that will lead you out of this valley. Hallelujah. So, so the psalmist says here, I'm going to be comforted. Because I know, number one, you've got the rod, and the rod, with the rod, you're able to defend me, to protect me against these things that I cannot see. And secondly, you have your staff, which is able to help me, or really to defend me, protect me from me. Isn't that right? So you've got these two protections. He can protect you. He can protect me from these dangers, uh, wolves and whatnot, and he can protect me from me right? Protect us from us from going the wrong way, ways that we should not have. He says, I know how to pull you back. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So the knowledge of that, he says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now the word comfort here, we're going to spend just a, a little bit of time with this word comfort. The word comfort, and I, I love this. Let me bring this up for you so that you can see this. The word comfort, and this is kind of odd too, uh, in the Hebrew, the word comfort means to be sorry. And of course, to be sorry talks about to have compassion, right? We'll get into that. The word comfort means to be sorry. It means to console oneself. It means to repent. It means to regret. It means to be comforted. Let's start with that be sorry. Now, the Lord said, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You look at that. Your rod and your staff makes me sorry? No. 
The word, again, to be sorry, talks about to have compassion, to have compassion. In other words, the Lord sees what we're going through, and he has compassion on us. He's not just, he sees us being fearful going through this, and he's not just aloof and saying, whatever, you're fearful, and it doesn't matter to me, we're going to get through this. No, he has compassion on us. He is sorry for us, and he's going to make sure that we go ahead and get out of here. He loves you, and so he is touched by he, he he is touched by what we're going through, amen. And he says, because of that, I see you in your pain, I see you in your struggle, I have compassion on you. So when it says the rod and the staff they comfort me, he's talking about hey, I'm I'm feel sorry for you, I have compassion on you, right? So he he's very emotional when it relates to you and what you're going through. So don't think that he's just up there in heaven just not even thinking about you. No, he is thinking about you, and he's making plans for you even right now, and he's speaking, believe me. Now, the word um, comfort there also means to console. Thy rod and thy staff, they console me. They console me. You know, they calm me down, knowing that you are with me, knowing that you got me. It just calms me down. Now, the word... Uh, comfort also means to repent and to regret. I'm like, Lord, what do you mean it means to repent and regret? That doesn't make any sense. But when you think about it, it actually does. Because sometimes we can do things to get ourselves in these bad situations. Can somebody say amen? So his rod and his staff can cause me to repent or you know, regret. All right, I'm thinking about what I did to get here. Lord, I regret that. And you know what? I repent. I repent. Your staff helps me to get back on the right road. It helps me to know that I have gone the wrong way, regret, and it helps me to get back to where I need to be, repent. Isn't that awesome? Uh, awesome? No. Awesome. Awesome. I think I was trying to say awful. But isn't that awesome? Praise Jesus. Thank you for your prayers. Woo! All right. So, all right. So that's where we get the word comfort there. So his rod and his staff, they comfort us. They, they help us to know that the Lord empathizes with us. I believe that's the right word. He sympathizes with us. He's going to get us through this. And he's going to bring us to a place of correction through this, help us to repent if we've done something to cause this. He's going to simply restore us. So there we have it. We just completed verse number four. Hallelujah. All right. So as we close, look back again to verse number three. Verse three uh, ends off by saying, uh, he leads me in the paths, S, paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And going through this valley is also a righteous path, Right? Is somewhere that he's leading us, and we're going to have to go through this thing. Now, there are, are times that we want to avoid pain. I got my master's degree in that. Do you have your master's degree? We all want to avoid pain. We all want to avoid sorrow and all these things. But in this life that we're living in, while we're still here on planet Earth, still breathing, still have these physical bodies, there's going to be a measure of pain associated with it. You can't 
You know, you, you, the only way to, to, to leave this sort of pain is to leave your body. It's to go to our heavenly home, as we would say, it's to go to the house. <laughs> I'm going to the house. I'm tired of this. Well, it's not time for us to go to the house just yet. So while we're still here, we're going to have to learn to deal with it. And part of that is finding comfort in the Lord's presence, finding comfort in his ability to protect you, finding comfort in his ability to restore you, to put you back on track, finding comfort in him as you go through this. And I'm telling you, you're going to make it through this. You're going to walk on through this and you're going to be just fine because on the other side of this, yeah, let's bring up this valley. Look at that picture there. Isn't that awesome? On the other side of that valley, it's beauty. God's got some wonderful things in store for you. Now, eventually we're going to be at our heavenly home. There's going to be no more death, no more sorrow, neither pain for the former things will be passed away. So we got to just do our best for Jesus until then and help one another and continue to seek his face. And we're going to be just fine. Okay. You're going to be just fine. All right. Thanks for joining me today. I had a ball and I hope that you did too. Next week, we're going to go uh, into verse number five. Yeah, we're going to go into verse number five and continue uh, that way. Oh, I forgot to tell you, there are some other examples of the valley of the shadow of death where you cannot see, but you know God's with you. How about in 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, when the people of God, they knew that uh, five kings were coming to destroy them, but they looked up and said, Lord, we don't know what to do. This is 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter. They said, we don't know what to do. We don't have any strength or might against this enemy but our eyes are on you. Well, that's a valley of the shadow of death uh, experience. You don't know what to do. You know you don't have any. There's nothing you can do. All you can do is trust and depend upon him. How about the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? My God, hallelujah. The king said, if you don't bow down and worship me, here's what I'm going to do. And that's in Daniel, the third chapter. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. Talk about a valley of the shadow of death experience. They said, King, we're not worried about you, what, what you're talking about. We know that our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we want you to know we're not going to bow down to your image that you set up. Mm, mm, mm. How about that, King? Um, you know, paraphrasing, right? Okay. So what happened? The king threw him in the, fire, uh, threw him in the, the, the fiery furnace, and we know his history from there. They didn't burn. Uh, but the people that threw them in there burned up. And when they came out, they were walking around in the fire. There, there came a fourth man in the fire that looks to be like the son of God. Looks to be like Jesus showed up. Hallelujah. Or he sent an angel down in there, one. And they all walked out of that fiery furnace, not even smelling like smoke. And God vindicated them on the other side of that valley, right? Well, how about Daniel in the lion's den? Boy, was that a valley of the shadow of death. Of time you can't see. All you can do is trust. On the other side of that, when he came out of that, uh, when he came out of that den of lions, he was vindicated, exonerated. He was promoted, just like the three Hebrew boys were. Amen. Awesome things happen on the other side of the valley. We could talk about Paul and Silas in jail, right? They just been whipped, whipped of a preaching Jesus. You've just been whipped, and they, Paul would cast the devil out of the young servant girl, and 
Her owners didn't like it, so they whipped Paul and Silas and put him in jail. I'm sure they had plans of execution the next day. But what happened? At midnight, they began to praise God, and the walls of the and the uh, the prison bars, you know, came open. The prison doors came open. And everybody's shackles and chains were were loosed. That was the first jailhouse rock. We say, right? That was a valley of the shadow of death experience. When when it's dark and you can't see the Lord, but you know He's there with you. Whew. So you may be going through one now, so let me just encourage you, know that Jesus is with you. Amen. All right. Closing number two. I've had a great time today. Woohoo! I hope that you did too. I will see you next week for part number nine. Yes, part nine of this series. And I look forward to seeing you then. Share this video with someone else. If you found, uh, found something in it that blessed you, well, share it with others on your social media. Send it through a text. Whatever you got to do, tell people about it so they can be blessed as well. All right, see you guys next time. We love you, but remember, Jesus loves you even more. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. I'll see you on the next time. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.